0: Positively Pro-Life, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Positively Pro-Life brings you inspirational stories, important legislative updates, and informational interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Maria Gallagher, Legislative Director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, and joining me today is Marianne Lahan, President of the Greater Hazleton Area Chapter and Executive Director of The Voice of John.
1: Welcome Mary Ann. Hello, Maria, and I love being here with you today. And I'm so honored that we have our guest today, a devoted father, a dedicated champion of the cause of life, who has become an inspiration for pro-life advocates around the country stamina and his perseverance in the face of enormous opposition. Later in the program, we will welcome Pennsylvania pro-life activist Mark Houck. But first, I would like to begin with some inspiration. And it's from uh, Mother Teresa, Mm -hmm. St. Mother Teresa, her acceptance speech uh, for the Nobel Prize. And what Mother Teresa said Today, the greatest means, the greatest destroyer of peace is abortion. And we are standing here. Our parents wanted us. We would not be here if our parents would do that to us. Our children, we want them, we love them. But what of the other millions? Many people are very, very concerned with the children of India. With the children of Africa, where quite a number die, maybe of malnutrition, of hunger, and so on, but millions are dying deliberately by the will of the mother. And this is what is the greatest destroyer of peace today. Because if a mother can kill her own child, what is left for me to kill you and you to kill me? There is nothing between us. And this, I appeal in India. I appeal everywhere. Let us bring the children back. And this year being the child's year, what have we done for the child? At the beginning of the year, I told you I spoke everywhere. And I said, let us ensure this year that we make every single child born and unborn wanted. And today is the end of the year. Have we really made the children wanted? I think Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa, inspired so many of us on our journeys, and she was just an amazing advocate for the child in the womb. Now I'm going to turn the program to Maria, who's going to give our very important legislative alert. Maria? Thank you so much, Marianne.
0: We still need people to contact pharmacies and ask them not to dispense the dangerous abortion pill known as mifepristone. You can contact the pharmacies by email, phone, or mail. If you choose email or mail, here's an example of what you can write. I was alarmed to read that your pharmacy has made the decision to dispense pills that cause the deliberate death of an unborn baby and have the potential to gravely harm the mother. Medicine is designed to prolong life, cure a disease, or mitigate the symptoms of a disease. However, Miphiprax the generic name being mifepristone, was developed to cause the death of an unborn child and the drug's intended use, when combined with mifepristone, is to take a life. This matters deeply not only to the hundreds of thousands of pro-lifers who are members of our group and regular customers of yours, but also to the hundreds of thousands of women and their unborn children whose lives are threatened by these deadly drugs. This decision does grave harm to our communities and your pharmacy should reconsider whether dispensing death would be considered one of the best business practices it could make. Thank you for taking action on behalf of life.
1: Marianne. Thank you, Maria. Boy, that's such an important and timely message for all of us to receive. And I I encourage every lo- local chapter to, you know, personally get in touch with these pharmacies and Um, beg their compliance to pro-life you know this this is pro-life pro-woman type of of, uh, intercession so i'm well i'm so pleased to um to introduce our guest Mark Haug. Mark is an example of a man who faced incredible odds. He stood firm in the truth and triumphed. As a result, congratulations Mark on your triumph. We are honored to have him on the program today. Welcome Mark to Positively Pro-Life.
2: Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We're out here oh. at in Philadelphia so we're doing the work of God and uh We're helping save babies right as we speak today.
1: So you are persevering after everything you've been through. God bless you. And thank you for taking the time to join us. So, Mark, for for our first question today, how did you come to hold your
2: pro-life beliefs? Sure. So uh, I'm a cradle Catholic. I I grew up in Bucks County, PA, and uh, I had a caring, wonderful mother who one day uh when I was about 28 years old decided to show me a, a picture of an aborted child actually I was probably about 26 and uh I told her I didn't want to look at it um through yeah. kind of, my whole life uh, but she said no you you need to look at it or else you won't do anything about it and um and so I did and then I I about a year later I started volunteering uh pro-life uh resource centers and so forth and outfits and uh, decided you? to go full time in 2003 working in the pro life movement.
1: Mark, that's that is just so commendable and you know, we hear it over and again how a mother or a mom and dad influence their children to become part of the pro life movement, the greatest movement in in our time. So thank you, Mark.
2: You're welcome.
0: And when you started becoming active in the pro-life movement, um, what, what did you find? What discoveries did you make?
2: Well, I, I found that there was a, a wonderful group of, of men and women. But unfortunately, I saw more women than I saw men. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I took pause with that. Uh, I said, why aren't more men standing up for life and love? Uh, thanks be to God that we had the men that were doing it, but they were getting older. Um, There wasn't a lot of young people involved in the movement. And uh, I said, there's a problem here. Uh, What's the problem with these men? And so I launched my own ministry in 2006 to kind of address that crisis in masculinity. So that was the first thing I took note of was not enough young people and then not enough men standing up for, for life and love. Um, and so that's, that was the first, uh, thing that really stood out to me.
1: Great. Wow. That's amazing. And it is so wonderful for us as pro-life women, Maria and I, to see men such as yourself and such as those who stand with you, Mark, it's so good because I think so often women should make that choice because of the abandonment of man. And, you know, this month, uh, (laughs) is the month of St. Joseph by, by the Catholic Church. And, you know, what a beautiful example of paternal love that God the Father chose him to take care of his, his treasures, our Blessed Mother and, and his son, Jesus. So um, thank you to men who stand for life. So my question, Mark, how did you come, oh boy, how did you come to be in a situation where you face the possibility of 11 years in prison. I can't even imagine how that felt for you with wife and children. And simply for trying to reach out to pregnant women in a difficult circumstance and to stand by your own son to protect him.
2: Sure, well, it's the the times we live in. It's the cultural war that we're involved in. Um, You know, it's not necessarily something I chose. I wasn't looking to have that type of entanglement, but uh, it is it is the times. And so, you know, we're here and just doing what we're called to do. And we're we're uh, we're praying and helping. And, you know, at the at at the time of the incident, when it occurred that everything happened, it was a local matter handled on a local level. And um, unfortunately, the federal government wanted to get involved in it after everything was dismissed. Um, and, then, of course, then that's where the indictment came, which you allude to. And uh, they charged me with ridiculous charges that had nothing to do with what happened. And uh, it seems to have stemmed from uh, the progression of events, from the Dobbs overturning of Roe v. Wade, Dobbs case, to uh, a series of arrests of pro-lifers. And, uh, and I was just next in line. So, um, unfortunately, I, but, but I guess fortunately, um, you know, we've been blessed by it. Um, and yeah. we've been called to this this time. And now we have case law, United States versus Mark How to protect pro-life sidewalk counselors and to help them do what they're called to do. So there's some good that has come out of it.
1: I'll say your victory was a victory for all of us. You know, it really was. Maria? Mark,
0: yes. Take us back to the incident in which your home was raided. What sure. happened? And how did that trauma
2: affect your family? Sure. So uh, I'll never forget it. It's, it was Friday, September 23rd, 2022. Uh, it was about 6.30 in the morning. And my family, we are a homeschool family. We were getting ready for, um, for co-op that day. But all my seven children were asleep. So um, we had been in contact with the Assistant U.S. Attorney uh, after the uh, initial inquiry about a potential indictment. And uh, we told them no need to bring any agents out to the house. Uh, Mark, my client, my attorney said, is a peaceful man. He'll come in. No problem. Um, By August of 2022, uh, my own attorney reached out to me and said, "Uh, have you heard from the assistant U.S. attorney? And I said, no, have you? And he said, no, she won't return my phone calls. So uh, we were not expecting on September 23rd to be raided in our home. 20 plus Mm -hmm. federal agents and PA state troopers came to my home in rural Bucks County, and alarmed my children uh, who were sleeping. They did not present a warrant. They did not declare who they were. They did not announce the reason for the raid. Um, They took me into custody and shackled me, my waist and my feet, my ankles, uh, uh, and my hands to a table for six-plus hours in the federal building, not far from where Mm -hmm. I am today, and um, proceeded to indict me on two charges against the FACE Act, uh, Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances which had nothing to do with what, anything that happened on the day in question but nonetheless uh, that's what they did and they I think they were trying to humiliate and still fear intimidate and and, and scare pro-life America
1: I I agree with you Mark I you know as I would read that, um, I began cautioning anybody within my organization that stands outside the abortion clinic. And I saw there were fewer because, of course, they they set you to be an example to all of us. You know, you were bullied and uh, treated with a lack of justice. And so I think they tried to silence it, all of us. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to stand up for life but is
2: afraid. Well, that's the that's the that's exactly what they wanted to have happen. That's mm-hmm. that's they want they want people to be afraid, and and that's their they're uh they're definitely uh doing a good job of that. So you know, the first answer is to say you know follow the will of God, um, do what you're called to do. Uh, that's first and foremost. And um, you know, fear is not of God. So we we know that that's not he didn't give us that fear, and that comes from something else, some some other place, an evil place. And so um, don't let my situation, which obviously has turned to great good, uh, deter you from following the will of God in your life. Uh, And just follow that. Know that God will protect you, that the pro-life movement will protect you. uh, Thomas More Society will help you. uh, My legal team that helped me. So God will be sovereign in the midst of all that. And just we just need to to trust and, and fulfill his will in our lives. And, and that, for most of us, is to get involved in the pro-life movement uh, because it's the greatest battle, as you said, of our, of our times. And, uh, and we need everyone involved.
0: Now, just this week, I, I saw in cable news where the head of the FBI was asked about your specific situation yes, and that raid. And I was shocked by the answer, frankly, from the head of the FBI where does that stand now mark I mean are you going to take some action at
2: this point Well, uh, it was ridiculous what he said uh that it was somehow protocol in the and in the, in process which essentially is saying that it's protocol to not uh reveal or show a warrant it's protocol to uh uh hold little children at gunpoint it's protocol to um uh, raid a man's home who's uh, not a flight risk or not a threat to the community. So I was outraged as well. We're going to testify before Congress as an oversight committee at the end of this month, and uh, we will be pursuing justice with uh, civil rights action against the government and, uh, and Planned Parenthood as well.
1: Yes, it does seem, Mark, that um, the pro-life movement has been very targeted, particularly under this administration. And, um, you know, we, we saw the arrest of a Catholic priest in, in the past month. We've, we've seen other arrests made. So there's obviously a goal towards intimidation. And um, so one of my questions after your legal victory did you ever think about stopping your pro-life advocacy?
2: Oh, never. It was, the, it was mm-hmm. never a thought in my mind. Uh, people said, you know, uh, did you ever ask God to, to, to take this away from you? And it, it, I didn't. Of course, I I would never see that as something that I would want to do because it's the greatest uh, thing I've ever done with my life is to come mm-hmm. and, and pray. And I've, I'm a father of 13 children. I have seven with me and six in heaven. So I've done great things. I've had I have a wonderful marriage, but the greatest thing I've ever done is be able to stand in the gap for a woman in uh, a difficult situation who wants to terminate her child in in utero and to be a part of the saving of a human life, there's nothing more important than that. So I would never leave, I would never be stopped, I would never be silenced, and I would continue to do the work that God has called me to do because I know this is not about me. This is about God's people, God's children. So um you know, it was never a thought not to come back where I am today.
1: And how about your wife and, and the children? Like, are they hopefully supportive of your because they were traumatized, too, obviously by this. Are they OK and are they supportive of your ministry?
2: Oh, that I mean, it's a missionary family. That's what we do. So when I'm here, I take them here with me sometimes. We do mission together, we pray together here at the abortion clinics, and sometimes they're with me, but sometimes they're praying with me back home. If I say there's a woman uh, who is considering um, choosing life, please please pray now, and they'll get on their knees, their homeschool kids, and they'll pray, and they'll remember them. And even the women that didn't choose life, if we're lucky enough to get their names, um, you know, they're all, all in when it comes to that. They understand that this is very important. Uh, their parents have impressed this upon their little hearts, and they know the power of their prayers and their little prayers. They're their pure intentions. They're pure, yeah. pure prayers and the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So these little ones are, are very much involved in the activism, which we do as a family.
0: And why, Mark, do you think that your case resonated for so many people? Because there were so many people that, that came on board to support you and your family.
2: Uh, repeat the question one more time. I'm sorry. Sure.
0: That's okay. That's okay. You're you're very busy there. Um, my yeah. question to you is why do you think your case resonated with so many people? Because so many people um came to the support of you and your family.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, look, I'm a I'm a normal guy, you know, I'm a ministry guy, but you know, I'm a dad, I'm a I'm a husband, and um, and I'm just trying to live my life, you know, I'm just trying to do some good. And I think um People in the country recognize that this could happen to them. If it could happen to this guy, it could happen to them as well. So um, I think people identified with the story and they identified with, um, you know, the, the ridiculousness of it, that, that this is not right. That This even on both sides of the aisle identified that this was not right, that this was a, a poor use of government resources and and an overreach of government. So I think most people, and that my jury, right, my jury and my trial all felt the same way. It was a unanimous verdict, you know, that it was a father trying to protect his 12 year old boy. Any father would do that. And so, um, you know, I think that's what connected us with the people uh, and all over the world for that matter. And that, that boy
0: actually testified at, at the trial, which I thought was amazing. How, how did that go?
2: Well, he's my 14 year old son now. Right. So he did great. He's a phenomenal human being. He's a great boy and he's becoming a man. And we bring him down to the abortion clinics to further initiate him into manhood, let him know what the cultural war is all about and teach him how to engage in it. So um, he's great. He's doing awesome. Um, The kids you asked the question earlier, they're they're strong. Look, look, they were traumatized. It was an act of terror on the family. So they're not all great. But um, you know we'll we'll be with them every step of the way to try to bring about healing. But the fourteen year old is is doing just fine, and uh, you know he's able to articulate his feelings and emotions like uh, the older ones can. But the the three year old, the five year old, and the seven year old, I need your audience to pray for them because they don't they don't really understand.
1: Of course, I I just can't even imagine the the little ones, as you said, t- trying to understand or their tears but i commend your wife how blessed you are to have each other um mark you know as we're speaking maria and i can see in the background the the busy clinic and um sure. when you see a woman come out of the clinic and sh- it's done i pray for her too you know that she will at some point repent and
2: and experience healing yeah well we've been blessed to be here when they come out right we're here for four hours eight hour days and uh you know sometimes we have to pray with these women ask them to name their babies and and they'll they'll let us help them in that sometimes they fall into my arms and they're sad other times they don't want to have any parts of us of course but we're here as you know in the pro-life movement before during and after these difficult moments in their lives so you know we're blessed to do it and um it's it's a privilege to be here
0: um, Mark, what keeps you going in the midst of trials and tribulations
2: in your ministry? Well, I'm a man of faith, and and uh, you know the I feed on on uh, God and His body and blood, soul and divinity through through Holy Mass and Catholic Church, and that that's the fortification mostly that I need. But you know, prayer life, um, the support of my wife and children. Uh, you know, a wife who believes that. This is important work, and uh, who is the strength uh, behind all that I do? And and the wind, as they say, beneath my wings. So you know, I have a wonderful uh, fortification system in in my marriage. Um, but you know, it, you know, we have to we have to be attentive to to our own needs physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, and you know, we can't give what we don't have. So we have to stay prayerful. We have to you know attend to those needs and 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 take care of our bodies and and those enable me to do what I do. Uh, I can't neglect myself of course. Uh, but I, but I also know that, you know, this is a temporal existence and, um, you know, there are more important things in life than eating and, 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 and being out here fasting and, and praying for these women for a full eight hours is well worth it to me. And, um, you know, it's supernatural, uh, uh, merit for myself here. So it's a blessing to be able to be here and, and that's what I need to sustain myself.
0: And I'm wondering, uh, do you remember when Roe versus Wade was overturned last year? Do you remember where you were and, and what your thoughts were? Can you share that with us?
2: So that was June 24th. Uh, I forget the day of the week that was, but I remember, you know, we, we got the leak, right? We knew the leak was coming in May. Uh, we heard that. So we were all anticipating that. And uh, we all believed that, you know, the, what we learned on June 24th would be the case. So I forget where I was. I might have been at home. Uh, but I know it came through the the text message, the news, and uh, of course we all rejoiced. Uh but we but you know, nothing changed here in Pennsylvania, right? We we still have abortion up to 24 weeks. So nothing really changed for us. Um it was just another day in of of baby killing in the state of Pennsylvania. But you know, we rejoice in the in the federal overturn and and we see that as as the first step. Right. But it's just uh, things just started to heat up here in PA, as you know, and um, things are getting uh, uh, just as um, uh, well. We, we just learned that the, where we're at right now, they have more abortions here than um, the last like 20 years. So things are increasing and they're finding new and uh, ungodly ways to kill children. So, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to combat that as you are at the, at the Federation.
1: Mark, are you uh, redirecting uh, any of your efforts to these uh, pharmacies that are selling abortion pills? Because they are kind of the
2: up-and-coming abortion mills. Yeah, right. It's going to be through the mail now too, right? Postal, U.S. Postal Service will be uh, bringing abortion to you to a neighbor near you. But um, look, you know, it's sad. We got to boycott some of these places. We got to we got to write letters. We got to get involved. We got to write to our our. our, our local legislators and state legislators, and you know, to express our wishes. But you know, it is—it doesn't surprise us, right? You know, and the devil—he—he's up to all sorts of things. So, you know, he's going to find new and creative ways to 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 fulfill his mission, which is to bring everyone to hell with him. And so, sadly, we we have to um, we have to put on the full armor of God, right? When we do when we do this work, and know that you know God's grace is sufficient. So it is what it is. Thank We're- you.
0: We've got just a couple of minutes left, and I'm wondering, Mark, um, do you have any final thoughts you can share with us about the future, about uh, your hopes and dreams for Pennsylvania and the culture of life?
2: Well, sure. Well, we got to continue to summon men and women forth as they are. You know, but it's people seem to think that I have some special gift uh, to do this work. Look, I'm just a I'm just a guy who cares about people, right? All you got to have is a caring heart. We need every man and woman uh, engaged in this, whether it's at the clinics or uh, the at pregnancy resource centers. We need everyone and not saying, you know, let someone else will do it. But no, I will do it. I will step up. And so my message, my exhortation is like, don't, don't expect other people to do the work uh, that you know needs to get done. You step forward and say, here I am, Lord, I can do it too. Beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome,
1: Mark. I'm going to be meeting you in a couple of weeks. I guess you'll be up in Scranton, up in our Hi. northeast PA.
2: Surely, yeah. I'll look forward
1: yeah. to it. Yeah, I hope to see you there. Thank you so much. Beautiful interview.
2: Uh, thanks for the time,
1: Mark Halk, a pro-life champion,
0: um, and coming to us from the streets of Philadelphia, where he shares a message of love and hope with pregnant women and the fathers of pre-born children, and uh, where he is working to save lives and to uh, uh, help women in desperate circumstances. So, Mark, we want to thank you so much for being on the program. Marianne, what are your thoughts after
1: that interview? You know, I was just so touched by his courage and his strength, his acknowledgement of a, this is a family that invests themselves in an effort like this. His his perseverance, and that's such a great message, to persevere in this time when we as pro-lifers are being targeted, to be brave and courageous and to know that God is with us. He sustains us through it all. This was a beautiful interview. I'm so honored, Maria, to share this with you. Um, but... Yeah, and I I do, your your legislative alert, we have got to get to our pharmacies and get the word out. Definitely. Thank you so much,
0: Marianne, for being with us today. Thanks, Maria. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single-issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State. Thank you for joining us. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life.